I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, Steve Versnick. So you know this podcast is global, right? How many countries we, we, we counted? Like something like 18, it's 17, too, 18? Too many to count anymore. Too many at this point, right. And, you know, there's a lot of nation states out there. So, I mean, I, gosh knows how many there are. But we... We have a lot of listeners to this podcast from other countries, and I actually got to do my first interview. It's not that I, I probably turned down a couple of these over my career, but I got to do my first interview in Australia. They called me to talk about Tom Brady. And Tom Brady in Australia? He's, he's that yes, big now? Yes. Apparently, apparently, you know, American football is global. And and the weird thing was, like, so they sent me an email, and I'm – Usually I just don't answer. I just, you know, come on. Like, First of all, I can't figure out what time they needed me. So he sends me this email and he goes, you know, so we got a morning show on Friday in Australia. He goes, but with the time difference, probably call you around 7 p.m. on Thursday. I'm thinking, wait, what? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> How's that? And But it's a, you got to realize they're across the international date line. So it's kind of like China, like you're watching the Olympics. Or, or like when I was in Japan, I never knew what time it was. I didn't know what day it was, let alone what time it was back in the States because we were a full day ahead in Japan when the Bucks went over there one time for an American Bolt Series. And so consequently, I was afraid I'd miss something, so I slept about three and a half, four hours a night, which, as you pointed out, is no different than what I do now, except at least I know what time zone I'm in. But anyway, he calls, and um, the host of the morning show is like, so, uh, Mike, so tell me what this retirement Tom Brady's all about. You know, What's the last week been like? And so we went and we talked about it, and uh, you know he was nice enough. He's like, you know, where Mike, where would he fit with all the other American stars like Michael Jordan and all? I said, well, he's right up there, you know, and blah 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 blah. And then we get, oh, all right, so uh, Mike, uh, a prediction for the Super Bowl: who you like between the Forty ers and the Rams? <laughs> I'm like, <okay>. oops. <laughs> I said, well, I like the Rams because they actually won that game last week, and so it's really the 49er. But, oh, right. Uh, let me let me do that again. <laughs> so funny. See, not Where's even Australia suit? believes the Bengals can make the Super Bowl. There you go. See, they didn't even they, they had no idea that the Bengals had made it. So in Australia, it'll be a big upset uh, to see the Cincinnati Bengals win the – he's like, right. It, it sounded, he sounded a little like – I mean, I can't do Australian accents unless you do – the Outback guy, no rules, just rot. You know, that's about all I can do. Hello, mate. Put it on the Bobby. But um, yeah, it was fun. My first Australian interview today. Um, but yeah, we got we got lots of listeners. And they're all interested in what's going to happen to Byron Leftwich, strangely enough. I didn't get any questions about him, but it is I'm true. I'm surprised that Australia didn't ask about Byron Leftwich. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm surprised that the NFL hasn't asked more about Byron Leftwich throughout the league, to be honest with you. What has he got? Uh, he had a couple of interviews. Um, I'm trying to think of the teams that, uh, of course, we'll get to the Jaguars. I think he inter- I want to say he interviewed – did he interview Minnesota? That was Bulls, maybe. The Bulls did that. The Saints, the Saints, the Saints asked for permission yeah. to interview him. So that 
that may or may not still occur. But not as many as I thought he would get. I thought he'd get a lot more run than that. And then, you know, of course, as we said from the beginning, like the Jaguars job is perfect for him, right? You've got a young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence drafted one overall, coming through a nightmarish season with Urban Meyer. Um, you know, here's a former NFL quarterback with ties to Jacksonville drafted in the first round, you know, back in 2003, something like that. Um, actually has seen, you know, the position from behind center in that town and, you know, coming off three seasons as one of the top offenses in the league and just two years with the goat himself. But yeah, that's a little too simple for Jacksonville to hire a guy that fits absolutely perfectly in your organization. So, um, the word came down to me from, uh, well, let me just say this. It was, it was a, there was a lot of talk in the agent community is, is how I would put it. Um, that, uh, that Byron Leftwich is expected to remove his name from consideration for the Jaguars head coaching job. And that may not come as a huge surprise. What it typically means when you hear that is that he's not getting the job and he knows it. Uh, and usually the agent, you know, sort of gets out in front of the news. Now we have not heard from Jimmy Sexton and his agent or from Byron, nor have I heard from either of those gentlemen. So, you know, this is a obviously sort of a source story. Um, but I have no reason to doubt, you know, uh, the folks I've been talking to about this. And like I said, you know, it, the, the other, the other part about it is, okay, if they're not going to go with Byron sort of who's in the mix there and they've interviewed a ton of people, but right now it looks as if, uh, uh, the Eagles coach, former Eagles coach, Doug Peterson, uh, who is, uh, had his second interview with the team. And then also Rich Basaccia is somebody that has a, a, a bit of a shot at this, which is very interesting. The Raiders interim head coach, Used to be the special teams coach, of course, for John Gruden for years and years, and then Gruden got in his trouble and uh, resigned. Rich did a nice job with the Raiders, and so now uh, I think they like him a little bit. But it's weird because there had been reports, and again, I don't know that any of this to be true because there have been reports about Byron Leftwich and you know, sort of how you know they in the beginning it looked like he was their guy they brought him in and then there was talks about them negotiating with him and then all of a sudden something went screwy something kind of broke apart um and then there was this report out of Arizona that I could not confirm don't necessarily doubt it but that Leftwich really didn't want Trent Baalke to be the GM that they were thinking about bringing in somebody from the Cardinals uh in uh, Wilson the former safety there who's their uh, I think he's their college scouting director and and then you didn't hear anything about Byron Leftwich, and, and the Jaguars, you know, threw Adam Schefter basically called and said, "No, no, no, we're not. You know, we're, this is a completely wide open search. We're not even. We, we haven't offered the job to anybody. We're going to keep looking. Uh, blah blah blah. Uh, and that's all we've heard. That's the last we really heard until uh, until I got the information, you know, on Thursday that you know that Leftwich uh, his, his name was about to be pulled, uh, sort of out of contention there." So I guess if you're if you're a Bucks fan, um, this is probably good news. There's still the New Orleans Saints uh, have not really gone through the process very deeply. I don't think, with respect to uh, hiring a head coach, but it looks for all the world like you know Bruce Arians could get both coordinators back, and I that that's not an insignificant thing, especially for Bruce Arians, right? Because a lot of people. And I still I, I get these questions all the time, and all I can say is, look, he I've asked him several times. If Brady's not there, people figure you know he doesn't want to start over at seventy, 
But the, the bottom line is, is it's the same job he's had, right? He can lean on his veteran coaching staff on the bulk of his staff being there. And that enables him to sort of be the CEO coach that he wants to be. I know he offered to call plays if, if he were to lose Leftwich, and, and, you know, certainly if Brady was back, I think that was sort of a signal to Brady that, Hey, we'll be okay. I know he's got, you know, big plans for Thaddeus Lewis and, uh, you know, Larry Foote could be a coordinator uh, soon in this league, and those guys would be in line to replace Bowles or Leftwich. But it's, it, it looks like it may not happen. It looks like you could get the band back together. And that, you know, that's not an insignificant thing when you think about free agents. And, you know, players, first and foremost, are going to go where they get the money. That, and let's be honest. I'll walk across the street for a couple extra dollars. I won't do it for, you know, the same money because I live here and I don't want to move and I like it. But I'm just saying... Same thing in free agency. A lot of these guys were on the Super Bowl team. They won a ring, and if they're becoming free agents, they're going to go for you know as much money as they can get. If if it's close and there's no state income tax and you don't have to move, I mean those are all factors, right? But it's not like Brady is still here. But what helps is that your coaches are here. So if I'm a player that has, if I'm Jordan Whitehead, and Jordan Whitehead is going to be a free agent, and and you would imagine his tape is really good. Uh, especially in the last part of the season. And you would imagine he would get quite a few offers. But if Jordan Whitehead knows, if he knows the secret to his success, one of those secrets is that he plays for Todd Bowles and Todd Bowles puts him in position to make plays, puts him in position to possibly be a Pro Bowl player one day, is putting him in position to get a big contract. That's going to influence guys about where they go. You know, I, I know I fit this system. I know I can thrive. I'm just starting to really learn it and, 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 and grow into this system. So do I want to go someplace else with a new coaching staff, a new, a new defense to learn, and the pressure that, that comes with having signed a free agent contract and try to live up to and all that? So I, I think getting these coaches back is really big because if they had gone some other places, you know, say – Todd Bowles went to the Raiders, then all of a sudden that becomes an attractive place for a player like a Jordan Whitehead because now, and again, follow the money. They're going to go where the money is, but I've got leverage. I've got another place where I know that Todd Bowles is out there, and so if I go to the Raiders, even though I don't know the team and maybe I don't know the error or anything else, I know I can play in this defense. I know he is going to put me in a position where I'm going to have success. And and that's why I think it's important that, that uh, if they get both coordinators back, you know, all these players know that are free agents that they can thrive in the, in their in their respective systems. So that's that's big. And if you if you take the coaching staff, which is really really good, and you take sort of the culture that they've had, particularly over the last couple of years, and a lot of players that that are already signed, the core of this team is pretty much intact. It's still a good football team. But you know you you can't <laughs> you can't predict what will happen until you fill the most important piece, which is the quarterback. And it's not that they don't like Kyle Trask. It's not that they don't believe he's he can be a really good player. It's just they don't know. They simply don't know. He's not been on the field in anything other than a preseason game, and he was inactive all of last year. Now, what they do know is what he's been doing for the past you know twenty something weeks during the, during the regular season, the postseason, because. He was out there every day. In fact, he was the first quarterback out there every single day. He was out there taking throws, um, working on everything before they would start practice. And, and so he would get, you know, sort of get everything down. 
but just being at the arm of Tom Brady, seeing how the game plan's put together, seeing how he executes, seeing how he focuses and, and the relationships he built with his offensive line, with his with his receivers, all of that, um, has to be a huge, huge bonus for a guy like Kyle Trask. They're still going to look behind door number two. I think that this football team is, is probably – I mean, look, could the wheels fall off? Yes, but I still think it's probably better than most of us are giving him credit for just because Brady has left. No question, you, you, there's only one Tom Brady. You're not going to replace him. I mean, the dude came in here and won a bowl. Uh, you know, you're not going to get that, right? But it, that's true if, even if you're Patrick Mahomes. If you had Patrick Mahomes, you know, he, he's been to two Super Bowls. Then last year, you know, he, he lost in the uh, AFC Championship game this season. So, you know, he's sitting here with one Super Bowl ring, and a lot of people thought he'd have three by now. So even for the best of the best, and I would think we'd agree that Mahomes is probably the best of the guys left, not a guarantee you get back to that game, let much less win it. So, you know, there's, there's only so many of those guys to go around, and, and, you know, their job is to try to find them, whether it's through the draft or free agency or whatever. I tend to think they're not going to go into the draft unless somebody just falls in their lap that they really, really love. But, you know, they have their young quarterback from last year, and Jason Light says that he matches up with who's ever coming out this year. So I don't think you're going to draft a quarterback very high, but they're certainly going to look, you know, everywhere for uh, – for one in free agency. Do you see the news that, uh, what was it, Aaron Rodgers has been spotted or has some some allegiance to Nashville, that Nashville, that the Tennessee Titans might be a landing spot for him as well? Him and Mike Vrabel's offense. Yeah. Well, they've got yeah. receivers. Right. Yep. you got Julio, Julio Jones, Jones. you got A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, sure. I mean, they feel like they're one quarterback away. I mean, I think Tannehill probably got a little too much blame. For their first round flame out, flame out. I mean, in an ironic, both Tennessee and Green Bay had the number one seed. And they both went down in their first first outing, but that's a really good football team. And yeah, so Tennessee certainly you you would think um, you would think Denver would be a good landing spot for them too. Denver makes Since, the most sense, right? From the offense coordinator who Aaron Rodgers is always praised. Right. But, yeah, that, the Titans would be interesting. I wonder this, too, Like, and I don't really know the answer, but like, people said, like, okay, well, he's not going to come to Tampa because I don't think they'd ever trade him here. But if he did, right, would Aaron Rodgers really want to follow Brady and like the only thing he could do is win a Super Bowl just to match him? And I got to thinking about that. as like, yeah, it has its own kind of pressure, I suppose. But then the other thing would be, well, if he goes to Denver, Peyton Manning already went out there and won a Super Bowl, too. And Elway. You know? And he went to two of them. Well, John Elway, at least that's further back, right? But, I mean, they actually took a free agent quarterback in Peyton Manning who left Indianapolis, coming hurt as he was, healed himself back together and went to two Super Bowls and won one. So, like, even for, you know, guys that parachute in like he would be doing, there's already a pretty high standard, which is Super Bowl or bust. I guess it's that way with, well, wherever Rodgers is. Look, but. I, I think at the end of the day – if Rodgers gets a choice of where he's traded to, yeah. assuming he's going to be traded, right? he wants to go wherever the best chance of him to win is. I don't think he Absolutely. cares about who he's following. No, probably not. Probably I mean, not. fans think about that and that, but, I mean, he wants a ring. He's got yeah. one. He, you know, He's good enough in his mind and in many people's minds that he should have more than one ring. Yeah. So where's the best chance for him to go get a ring? And can he bring, you know, 
Adams with him. You know, can he can he get some free agents to go around with him? Although, you know, the thing about Nashville is like Nashville's kind of that cool, hip sort of vibe city, right? It's kind of an it city right now. I mean, Music City, USA. I know it's I know it's country western, whatever, but um, it really is. Uh, it, it's kind of a kind of a fun place to live, mm-hmm. you know. Kind of a ho- it has a little bit of a Hollywood. I mean, it's the music industry, but it has a little bit of that star vibe to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure does. It's not L.A., but it's it's got it's got some you know he's married to a Hollywood actress, right? So it's got a little bit of got a little bit of uh, star stardust to it, which is which is kind of cool. Maybe that's appealing too in its own way, as far as like places to live and that. I mean, he's coming from Green Bay, so I think any place is going to look really good. Nothing against Green Bay folks. I love you all. You're you know great people. I enjoy my time up there, but it's really cold. So not as cold. Probably headed to the Sun Belt or out west somewhere. I would think it was nice after our cold weekend uh, over the weekend. That was eighty degrees today. Oh my God! Did it? Who turned on the heat? That was a quick. I, I saw. I saw a report. I don't know if this is true. That somewhere around the Tampa area, it was it was recorded at eighty five, which was a record yep. for this date. <laughs> like wait, wait a minute. We just had like we were in like the twenties up here in Lutz, man. Winter's over. Yeah. Right. It was fun while it lasted. The trees are freaking out. They don't know what they don't know what season it is around here. Pollen's bad. It's crazy, man. I want to get into some other NFL news. In fact, we got breaking news as we do this podcast. But first, I want to tell you that the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, presented by RP Funding, it's happening this February 25th through the 27th. They got that beautiful temporary uh, 1.8-mile, 14-turn configuration of a racetrack. It's uh, through the streets of St. Petersburg, circling Pioneer Park, the Duke Energy Center for the Arts, the Daly Museum, and, of course, extends all the way onto the runways at Albert Wooded Airport. Go to GP St. Pete for race information and tickets. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, by now you might know the news, but it's breaking as we take this podcast. I mentioned Byron Leftwich just shortly ago, how he pulled his name out of the running for the Jacksonville Jaguars job. Good reason. I also mentioned that Rich Passaccia and Doug Peterson were very uh, strong candidates. Well, now we have a coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Are you ready for this, Steve? Is it Rich Passaccia? It is not. Poor Rich did not get the job. It is Doug Peterson outside of the NFL for one year the former Super Bowl winning coach of the Philadelphia Eagles is now uh, the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Is Trent Baalke still the general manager? Far as I know. Although, although, and I don't know what his title is going to be, they are, uh, according to my sources, breaking news, Adam Schefter just reported, Doug Peterson, the new coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're trying to hire former Vikings GM Rick Spielman. In their front office, I'm not sure at this time what position he might have. So there you have it. 
Rick Spielman could go there and report directly to Shad Khan. So it might be a Spielman-Peterson sort of uh, team, which isn't – look, I I got nothing against either man. I, I don't know why. To be honest, it was a little confusing to me why the Eagles dumped Peterson in the first place. I mean, weren't they just a little too – I mean, they won a Super Bowl for the first time in God knows when, right? And then two years later, you're firing your head coach after Carson Wentz didn't work out. I thought that was odd, but I like Doug. I, I don't think it's the worst hire. I think Leftwich would have been better personally. But Doug Peterson back in the NFL is not a bad thing either, you know. Well, I'm curious how the Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. combination is going to work. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be a generational quarterback, was the highest ranked recruit ever coming out of high school since they, whatever the 24 7 rankings or whatever. Had a phenomenal career at Clemson. Yep. Never lost a regular season game at Clemson or in high school. <laughs> Crazy. Um, you know, number one draft pick overall. Goes to Jacksonville, and from all indications, that organization was a mess all year. Mm-hmm. Didn't help him. Didn't help his supposed starting running back. His teammate Travis Etienne gets hurt in the preseason, et cetera. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of things that went wrong in, in Jacksonville. But he's the generational talent. Can Doug Peterson get him on the right track in the NFL? Well, and, and it's a great question. Here, here's what I don't know because when the Eagles did well. You know, to win Super Bowl, and you know, at the end, Nick Foles had to come in and, and win it after you know their starter went down. But at the end of the day, I thought Frank Reich, you know, had as much to do with the success of that team, especially Carson Wentz, as Doug Peterson did. I, I thought the relationship between Wentz and Reich was special, and that's why he brought him to Indianapolis. And he. Mm-hmm. And by the numbers, he performed okay, you know. But when he needed, when they needed him in that Jacksonville game, the last game of the season to make the playoffs, come on, mm-hmm. he played horribly, and that and the whole team played horribly, and that can't happen. So I think, I think the Colts might be willing to move on from, you know, from Wentz again. But I don't know how much of, you know, of, of the Eagles' success with the quarterback was was Frank Reich versus Doug Peter. They both played in the NFL as quarterbacks themselves. So like Byron, they they they've been in the fire. They've been behind center and stuff, but you know, like I said, not not the worst hire. I don't know, you know, I'm sure I know Jacksonville fans, I can tell just by my timeline, as as we spoke earlier about now we know why Leftwich pulled his name out, but I still think Byron Leftwich, you know, in my mind, would have been a better hire, but that's Maybe I'm biased. That's just well, me. but but you know, here's here's another angle to it potentially. Is you've got an organization that's a mess right now. You're bringing in a coach that's not only coached before in the NFL as a head coach, but won a Super Bowl. And and maybe it's you know that experience is something they looked for. I, I you know I'm speculating at this point, but you know sometimes when. When things you are get a, what a, you don't have, right? Yeah. Well, when things are a mess, things are. I mean, you know, all the Urban Meyer stories, and you know everything that went on. That sometimes you need someone with some experience to guide you through, or maybe mm-hmm. that's what they're thinking. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I think I think Basaccio would have been a good coach. I think Byron Leftwich would have been a good coach there. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe they're just looking for someone with a little more experience to to kind of get them through right now and, and, and an offensive minded coach too, which can't hurt when you have Trevor Lawrence. So 
he was the first guy they interviewed was Doug Peterson because mm-hmm. he didn't have a job, so they didn't need permission to ask anybody. And um, he obviously was, you know, their choice. I think it's as simple as this in, in many ways. I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. I think you're on to something. Urban Meyer, uh, iconic name, huge winner in college. They take a big swing at the at the fence, and, and they absolutely strike out and strike out big. And one, why, why did they strike out big? Well, because the NFL was not for Urban Meyer, and Urban Meyer was not for the NFL. Okay? He was a college coach. He couldn't make the transition. A lot of things about him didn't work out. Uh and and Trevor Lawrence was the worst for it, okay? So you always get what you didn't just have, right? So what did they want? They wanted a guy that knew the NFL. They wanted a guy that had won in the NFL. They wanted a guy that had won with a young quarterback in the NFL. Nothing's going to surprise Doug Peterson. Nothing's going to frustrate him if they get off to a slow start. He's not going to pull his hair out if, you know, they lose a couple games. And I think... I think the calmness and the steadiness after what was chaos, right, with Urban and a guy that just didn't couldn't adapt, you get a guy that has done nothing but coach and play in the NFL, and that's that's the sort of guy, you know, that they didn't have. So hiring an, a first-year coach in the NFL like Byron Leftwich or like uh, even Rich Passaccia, I know he was an interim, but really it would be his first head coaching job, you, you don't know, kind of like you didn't know with Urban, right? I mean, it's a little... There's a little more guesswork there. It's a, it's a little bit more of a projection. Let the guy grow into the job. You know, he's never been a head coach before. Uh, and, and in this case, you know what you're getting. I, I just think they're, they're looking for what they didn't have, you know, stability, experience, all those things. And, and Peterson, you know, very often in these things, and I know, like I said, he was available before they get, before they get interviewed left, which was still playing. But very often in these things, the first guy – is sometimes the best guy or the last guy. You know, the, the guy they have in their mind, they bring in first, and everybody else competes with him, and then they go back to him, and that's what they did with Doug Peterson. So, you know, I wish him well. I mean, I, I really like Trevor Lawrence, and I hope that he doesn't become the victim of a bunch of coaching changes and a bad organization and all of that. They're going to have to learn to protect him. I hope they draft lots of offensive linemen, uh, can keep him upright first and foremost. Um, but... You know, unfortunate for for Byron. And once again, um, you know, who knows how many years. And, and Byron's not one of those guys going to go a bad situation, and maybe he'll get a shot in New Orleans, which I think could be a good situation if they could bring in a quarterback. But he doesn't get this job. Todd Bowles doesn't get any jobs. So another coaching cycle goes by. And so far, I think there's, what, three three jobs left, I want to say? Leave Miami, New Orleans. The Dolphins, New Orleans. Yep. And one other one somewhere we're forgetting. Um, but regardless, we still have one black NFL head coach, and it's Mike Tomlin, who won for 15 years and with an organization that doesn't change coaches very often. So not a great track record still continuing. Among uh, Along those lines, some of the responses finally uh, to the claims you know, that were made the other day, I mean, look, the Giants came out and said, hey, just because there was a text – from Bill Belichick to Brian Flores that congratulating Brian Dable on the Giants head coaching job. He says that Bill Belichick doesn't speak for us. We hadn't decided on a head coach. That 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 interview was legit. And then there was another team, I think it was Denver, you know, he had interviewed for a couple of years ago, I believe, and 
talked about how disheveled John Elway was. Looked like they'd been out on drinking all night. <laughs> they weren't very attentive, and it was just a mess. And then the Broncos released a statement in Elway uh, talking about how you know it was defamatory that he that he mm-hmm. drew those conclusions. And they and, said they had to fly. They had flew like basically overnight. Yeah, to meet the only window that right Flores had given them to interview. Right, so they were and, tired. And from they met the with them travel. for three and a half hours, is what they said. Claims. So. Yeah, yeah. So again, perception versus reality. You know, um, there's been other coaches come out, like you mentioned. Marvin Lewis has come out now and said he's been on some of these interviews. Yeah, where I saw he a headline. Like, yeah, headline. He mentioned some interviews that he went to before knowing they wasn't going to get the job. Yeah. I mean, it happens, right? But this thing, and this thing with uh, with you know Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, he you know, took him about twenty four to forty eight hours to you know to issue a statement about the integrity that he has and the Miami Dolphins have, and how he would never, ever offer money to lose games. That one's going to be a little more problematic because if anybody was within earshot of that, or supposedly there's witnesses, yeah, that's that's what I'm I'm thinking. You know what's funny about this? I think we mentioned this the other night. Is that NFL? It took about two hours after the filing of that lawsuit, and the NFL released a statement saying that it, there was no merit for the lawsuit; it was meritless. But then today they came out and said we are investigating <laughs> allegations. <laughs> And here's here's the reason why. If they don't, Congress will. You can't break a federal law of fixing sporting events, you know? Um, well, and now and so, you've got two franchise accused of it because Hugh Jackson yeah, has mentioned the Browns. That's correct. And Jimmy Haslam have doing similar type things. He didn't get into specifics, but... That's correct. And I believe I'm not a lawyer or a prosecutor or anything, but... You know, you're talking like federal racketeering charges and things like that mm-hmm. in this case. If, yeah. if if all this is true, and you know, I mean, that's obviously a lot of assumptions there, but right. But I mean, that's not that's nothing to poo-poo. No, not at all. And I think ultimately, oh, the Texans are the other ones that have a job, and I yes. think they're going to go with Josh McCown. That's just my personal feeling. Even though Brian Flores is, is a candidate down there. My guess is, if I had to just guess, if I had a crystal ball, I would say Brian Flores will never get hired as a head coach in this league. Hell, he might not get hired as an assistant. But the NFL will have a settlement with that guy, much like they did Colin Kaepernick. That's what I believe. I believe he's going to end up with a settlement somewhere down the road. Um, not maybe an admittance of, of uh, culpability or guilt, but you know he's going to have some damages. Well, the way here. he's talking, it'll be curious if he takes a settlement. That's true. That's true. I mean, you know, the settlement only works if the party accepts it. If you accept it. That's right. And he's looking for a bigger change than that. So that's going to be uh, – man, what a, what a story. I keep thinking, you know, Roger Goodell gets up there usually on the Friday before the Super Bowl, and he has his State of the NFL address. It's the one time that it's a fairly lengthy news conference. Ask me anything, he'll say. And – um He's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be in a tough position, you know. I'm sure he'll do his best to to dance around most of it and say, well, you know, the Giants have come out and, and denied this, and the, and you know the Bengals have denied or the Browns have denied that, and we find no merit in this. And actually, it won't well, be that tough for him. And, and the reason is it's an ongoing lawsuit. It's litigation. He yeah. really can't comment on it. 
That's right. Because anything true. he says could be used in the. Other than and, and, other than that, they, they think maybe the lawsuit is without I mean, merit. He could, I mean, yeah, he could, yeah, he could say what they'll their stick to their is, statement, and yeah. that we're invest and we're further investigating this, and that we're investigating. He'll just repeat the talking points. That's about yeah. all he can say because it's an ongoing litigation, and that's all. I mean, that's his. The lawyers for the NFL won't let him say anything else. Correct, because anything he says could be used in court or. No, I and I do think he's going to have a tough time um, if this if this coaching cycle ends up with no. Uh, minority candidates being hired and there's been eight or nine head coaching jobs and a lot interviewed you just you can't defend the NFL's lack of diversity in 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 coaching right now I mean you just can't when the Rooney rule started there were three black head coaches there are now there's now one and so he has to acknowledge that they got to do better however whatever form that takes but the intention of the Rooney rule um, has not borne the fruit that they had hoped it would and so he's, you know, you got to give him that. I mean, he's got to stand up there and go, yeah, you know what? One out of 32 probably is not evidence of inclusion. Um, so that one's going to be interesting. But again, he speaks for 32 owners and they've each been, you know, have decisions to make independent of one another. And it's not Rogers doing, you know, he's so, the commissioner. So we know your home. guy, Sam Farmer, used to lead off that press conference every year asking. I loved it. When are you going to put a team in Los Angeles? Yep. Is he going to lead off years. this year? When are you going to hire a blackhead coach? That's <laughs> <Yes>, true. <laughs> he should. He would answer that. It was so funny. They'd go to Sam. Let's go start with off with Sam Farmer. And Sam would always ask, hey, coach, when are you going to be, or Roger, when is going to be a team in Los Angeles? Until one year, he goes, hey, Roger, when are you going to stop putting teams in Los Angeles? Because they got, they got two in one season. It was like, and it was the funniest moment of, that, of the press conferences that I've been to over the last two or three decades. It was just hysterical. Brought down the room. Sam's a funny guy. Um, but yeah, he could say he could, he absolutely could say that. Hey, hey, Roger, when are you going to start hiring black head coaches again? Uh, well, Roger doesn't hire him; the owners do. So that's part of the problem. Hey, you want to go see a cool event? Um, by the way, the 18th annual Firestone. Gosh, 18 already. 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. That's going to be February 25th through the 27th. It's happening in the downtown streets of my favorite Sunshine City, where I'm born, St. Petersburg. And it's uh, sponsored by or presented by RP Funding. It kicks off Florida's spring break season with some high-speed excitement. So go visit gpstpete.com for all the race information and tickets. It's just another race season starting right here in St. Petersburg, Florida. I wish I were in Las Vegas this weekend because it's going to be it's going to be crazy, man. You want to go to the East West Shrine game? No, I didn't. Although Greg Almond is live tweeting from there. God bless you, Greg. Um, <laughs> that we know what the score is of that game. But, no, I, I mean, can you imagine what some of those blackjack tables are going to be when you've got both the NHL All-Star game and the Pro Bowl from the NFL out there at the same time? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I would think the high roller rooms are going to be full. Woo! Yeah, man. Mike Evans, bring your ATM card. There's going to be some... There's going to be some high-stakes poker, high-stakes blackjack being played out there, man. we got, what, seven bucket, eight Buccaneers out there? Including eight Tristan Buccaneers. Won't be playing. Tristan's not playing, but he's he's yeah. he's out there. And so you got eight of those guys. And you and got three Brady, Lightning players. Drew. Three Lightning players, yeah. Skills competition is uh, tonight mm-hmm. for the Lightning, for the NH- or for the NHL All-Star game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of cool. I actually like that part of it. 
I like the skills. I'm yeah. always fascinated at the accuracy that those guys have. Like when they they put up the the little targets in the corners and the different parts on the net when they when they they have the slap shots for for goals and stuff. Mm-hmm. They have a little target shooting. Yep. It's amazing how 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 precise they are with that. Yeah, Hedman's going to be participating in the uh, hardest shot. Yeah, uh, yep. Vasilevsky in the save streak. That's cool too. And then yeah. Stamkos is participating in the Las Vegas NHL twenty one and twenty two. What is that? And it's uh, they shut down part of Las Vegas Boulevard. They're hanging a full uh, hang a full deck of oversized cards on a rack. And it's a game of street hockey where you're playing blackjack trying to hit the cards. Some new new event they're doing. It's actually <laughs> That's sounds pretty cool. Wacky, man. Yeah. You're trying to get That's a crazy. trying to get a hand of twenty one without going That's bust. Crazy. In the least number of shots. So <clears throat> Oh wow. That's crazy. He's yeah, gonna like be competing it. against Nazim Kadri, Austin Matthews, Joel Pavelski, and Brady Kachuk. That's cool. Didn't um didn't Brayden Point win the speed uh thing? No, he finished just behind Connor McDavid. He's been Connor McDavid, the closest one ever to come to Connor McDavid. But McDavid is by far the fastest skater in the he, NHL. Yeah, right? he's he's recorded in the in that contest the fastest speed. Yes, just sick, right? Yeah, and Brayden just, was just just behind, like a tenth of a second or something like that. It was, yeah, I remember him. Be, I remember him being in that contest. Yeah, that was really That's cool. Four been. years ago when the All Star Game was here, right? Uh, it was on Gasparilla weekend too. I I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And then the the what they started was it Point Stamkos and Hedman and Vazzy started four of the five, yeah. Yeah, I think cuz I think Cooch didn't play or something. One of them was hurt, I think, but Yeah. But they had that was five, really five cool. All-Stars. Yeah, it was really cool. The Pro Bowl not so much. I mean, it's it's neat seeing uh uh Antoine Winfield Jr. out there, you know, you think mm-hmm. like, has only his second year, and and he was an al- he was an alternate, but yeah. you know, when, once you go to the Pro Bowl, you are in fact a Pro Bowler. It'd be great to see Tristan um, Wirfs if he would have played, being his second year as well. I know, I know. The cool thing is, I guess there's a chance he doesn't need surgery. Jensen's out. Ryan Jensen's out there, obviously. Mike Evans. Um, who else do we? Uh, oh, Jordan. Uh, no, not Jordan White. Ali Marpet. Uh, Ali Marpet. Yeah. So they're having a time time of their lives. Las Vegas would be a good place for it. I, mm-hmm. you know, they had it in Orlando for a couple of years. Of course, Hawaii was the ultimate. Yeah. Um, I think I remember being changed... on the field two years ago. For, I was working over there, over in, in Orlando, Orlando. We were, and yeah. that's when the Kobe right. Bryant helicopter crash news broke. You're right. It was during right. the game, and it was uh, you know everyone on the sidelines kind of starting to hear, and you can kind of hear a buzz through the crowd. Mm-hmm. And then when they announced on the scoreboard, the NFL players were like, "What?" Yeah, it was horrible. I mean, it was it was a shock for everybody. Yeah, it was just awful. I remember watching that game. I think Gerald McCoy might have been in that game, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Uh, it's been it's bounced around. The thing about Hawaii was, you know, when the, the the game used to be after the Super Bowl. You know, that was the other thing. It was like now they put it the week before, so you don't really have a weekend anywhere without football. But when it was after the Super Bowl, that would allow some of the the players from the Super Bowl teams to actually participate. Now. It, you know, all the pro bowlers from those two teams obviously can't play. So you end up with, you know, 100 pro bowlers every year, it seems like. But it got the, it was too expensive. It became too expensive um, to put that game on out there. The stadium, too, is not in good shape. Aloha Stadium, um, where the University of Hawaii plays, is just not very conducive to a game like that. Um, but I'm telling you, man, there's nothing like, there was nothing, nothing like Hawaii. As far as Pro Bowls go, I mean, those guys. If nothing else, man, you could you could treat your family, 
And and every time, you know, they have all these rules. And of course, of late, it just it's silly because no one even tackles anybody anymore. But but they have all these rules where you can't blitz, you can't do this. But I'm telling you, when they get to the last two minutes, and the difference back in the day used to be okay, it was like forty thousand for the loser and sixty thousand or thirty thousand for the loser, sixty thousand for the winner. The final two minutes of that game, if it was close, those guys were playing for blood money, man. It was like, I need the 60000 to pay for my family that I just shipped all the way here to Hawaii for a week and a half. And um, they would get after it, you know, to see if they could win that extra prize money. It was really funny. But I, uh, I've i been out there a few times uh, to the one in Hawaii. It was always a lot of fun. Of course, went to Orlando. And uh, that was, you know, the one that was in Orlando that I went to the last time Drew Brees was participating in. I thought Mm -hmm. that he was not going to come back because he was sort of smelling the roses, had his kid out there and all that stuff. And I thought, you know what, his last game is going to be in the Pro Bowl. Uh, But he came back and he played a season. Tom Brady almost never went to those games. And, of course, he's not going to let his last memory in the NFL uh, be in a Pro Bowl game. But uh, so he can't he has the. The official word was he had a shoulder injury, but uh, still huge Buccaneer flavor in this game. So that'd be fun. Hey, before we get out of here, folks, I I really do want you guys to consider to go to the 18th Annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Pete. That's going to be February 25th through the 27th, and it's a it's a terrific course, uh, 1.8 miles. It's through the city of St. Petersburg, Pioneer Park, the Duke Energy Center for the Arts, Italian Museum, all of that. And if you need tickets or information uh, about the race itself, visit gpstpete.com. That's gpstpete.com for all your racing needs right there. Appreciate you guys listening. It's been a great week. Uh, We'll see what happens to all the coaching situations over the weekend. Still some jobs to fill. We'll be back here on Monday to talk about all of it on Sports Day Tampa Bay. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. 